folks, welcome to Animation One to Ones, the podcast series brought to you by Squiggly Online Animation Magazine. This is Ben Mitchell, Editor-in-Chief here at Squiggly, very excited to bring you a really interesting chat between new contributor Penny Whitehouse and storyboard artist come director Alex Davey, presently of Blue Zoo. Born in London and based in Newcastle, Alex's work in storyboards includes projects such as BBC Bite Size with Arcus Studios, Incredible Ant at Wild Seed Studios, Norman Pickle Stripes for Factory Create, and a range of shows at Blue Zoo including Millie and Lou and the second season of Pip and Posey. Last year, Alex's role within the studio expanded to shorts directing, with her successful pitch on a short film for the charity Beyond Equality, who wanted to explore the concept of the armour of masculinity, or man box, that young men find themselves socially pressured to stay within. The resulting film, Armour, tells the story of James, a young man who feels obliged to speak and act a certain way to impress his friends, only serving to alienate a female classmate he has a crush on. Released toward the end of last year, Armour is the latest short film from Blue Zoo, following such celebrated offerings as Daddy Christmas, Lynx and Birds, Mamoon, Sinking Feeling, Ada, and In Shape. It's a great piece of work, told very effectively, and I really enjoyed listening to the story behind how it came together, as well as Alex's experiences in the industry, and I'm sure you all will too. So I'm going to stop talking and hand it over to Penny Whitehouse and Alex Davey. It's interesting seeing like how you've sort of developed from from you know like your early sketches on Instagram to the work oh you're gosh, doing. Oh gosh, you've now. done a proper deep dive. Yeah, uh, no, sorry. yeah. I suppose it's I suppose it's one of those things, isn't it? As you as you get older and sort of more established and get get your sort of feet kind of firmly in the ground, you that that kind of side of things does uh fizzle out a little bit mm-hmm. like when you're younger you're like look what i've drawn look what i've drawn look what i've drawn but then as you get busier you sort of yeah i'm, I'm very quiet these days <laughs> yeah but that's that's good because you're busy and you've just yeah um, exactly yeah i mean well so i'll get on to the the short you directed um mm-hmm. in a bit but maybe let's start off with your your life as a storyboard artist oh my gosh um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this I thought it would be a a, you know you know I don't know what I expected I suppose but I didn't expect anybody would to know about me I thought it'd be all about the show well let's dial it back even further do you want to give me a little bit of background about yourself sure I mean I've I've given lots of um talks at universities and and um I did Animex this year that was fun Mm. and I do have a story that seems to sort of perk up the ears if uh, if the room's getting a little bit sleepy you know and you talk to students and sometimes you can see that kind of look in their eyes just like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so I uh didn't think that I could um have a job uh doing anything creative um I've always drawn and I've always loved animation but I I didn't um grow up thinking that was any sort of career Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in the early 2000s, growing up in the countryside, it just was unheard of. Um, careers advisors back then, I think they probably did their best, but it was the case of like, you know, go go and do an art degree. And I was like, I don't really want to do an art degree. I, d- I don't want to do fine art. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to have a trade. I want to have a, a job. There must be something I can do with the fact that I'm getting good grades in you know, art GCSE or whatever it is. But back then it was like a, 
like a shrug emoji. Well, they they just didn't know. So it was like, right, you either have to go and do fine art or you have to do graphic design. And that was it. That's exactly what I got told, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think it was just the early 2000s, you know, I'm talking like this is 2003, four, so <laughs> a, while, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I I got into, I'm uh, not very academically uh, uh, gifted, so I got into one university out of my five choices, which was uh, Newcastle University. And that was that was fun because I picked that one uh, as a joke. Uh, it was a <laughs> course called the Combined Studies in Arts. And I remember saying to my my friend, you, you know, they had the old IT lounges back in the day at school. And I said, right, I've got, I need to have one more pick for you, Cass. I don't know. What do you think? What's this one? Combined Studies in Arts, Ancient History, English Literature and Life Drawing. And she was like, yeah, do that one. So I was like, okay, I'll put that one down. That's the only one I got into. So I thought, right, okay, I guess I'm moving to Newcastle then. Um, And it was a course that had three tiers of it. So you had to do English literature, ancient history, which I'd never studied in my life. I didn't even do history GCSE or A level, but I somehow got on this course. It was a very unique course, yeah. Yeah, well, I picked it as a joke. and uh, the and the life drawing. So the life drawing, I was like, oh, this is fantastic, and I'm I'm getting really high marks for life drawing, and then I'm failing, unbelievably failing in the other two. And uh, so consequently, in my first year, I got kicked out because okay. you can't <laughs> you can't just have good good grades in life drawing. You know, yeah. I sort of hoped it would carry me through. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really how basic maths works. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I got kicked out and I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now? My mum's going to kill me. So I thought, I'm, I know I'll get a job um, where I have to wear a suit because she'll be less cross with me. So I got mom a job. Logic, yeah. Yeah, that's mum logic, isn't it? So I got a job as a jeweller in a very swanky jeweller's called Reed and Sons up here in Newcastle. And I managed to put off telling mum for six months that I hadn't been going to university because I got booted out and when she found out um it worked she was she was quite happy at the fact that I was wearing a suit um so when I was here oh hello Catherine my cat absolutely <laughs> I have the same if you see the tail go past yeah, yeah. I have the same. so whilst I, I promise you I'm going somewhere with this so whilst I was there we were talking uh, my ma- my manager and my colleagues and I about um strictly come dancing and my manager, my assistant manager, had a lot of things to say in quite a lot of detail about it. She she knew things about, you know, the person extending their arm the right way or hands or different technical terms for the twirls and, you know, whatever. And I said to her, how come you know so much about ballroom dancing? Um, and she said, oh, I used to be a ballroom dance teacher and I loved it. And I used to really want to have my own studio and I used to want to do this, that and other. And I said, well, what what happened? Because I knew she'd been at the shop for at least seven mm-hmm. years. And she said, well, you know, I moved and I had my daughter, you know, and then I got married and then we bought a house and then this and that. And I just sort of stayed where I was. And uh, I didn't have time for ballroom dancing anymore. And that conversation absolutely terrified me yeah, um, yeah. because I could see it happening to me. It was a nice job. I wasn't earning very much, but it was fine. I like my colleagues. Um, 
And I thought, oh, shit, that's going to happen to me. No more ballroom dancing for me. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, I think, has these kind of conversations that make you kind of think, oh, I've got to stop coasting now. Um, so I went home that evening and I thought, right, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I I signed up for uh, a local college because I couldn't afford university anymore <laughs> that mm-hmm. did animation because I sat down and thought, right, what is it that I always gravitate to? What is it that I really enjoy and I think I should just, just do? Um, and it was animation. So I, I signed up for a two-year um, college course and, and quit my job and went back to college. And ironically, when I was in college, I was the pretty much the top student of that year because I knew what it was like to get kicked out. So yeah, I, I tried, makes you tried pretty hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. But um, working at Blue Zoo, there's a lot of Bournemouth babies. You know, everybody goes to Bournemouth. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did a lot of vocational stuff. After my course, I worked for... Uh, four years a startup local startup animation startup where I did I was a generalist I did everything um it's great that you got into that though yeah so a lot of my I don't really I mean I do have a degree but it's like a foundation degree you know it's 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 okay but I think I cut my chops really um working at this at this startup called Arcus Animation um just simply because when you work for a small startup, you, they're like, oh, we, now we need you to do the editing. Now we need you to pitch in and make some assets. Now we need you to do a bit of animation. Now we need a storyboard. What's a storyboard? <laughs> oh, it's just, you know, we've got, we've, we need a layout for this, um, you know, NHS advert. Um, and I thought it was really, really fun. <laughs> and I kept asking, I was like, can I do more of those? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, you can do them. And I kind of, I, became known as like oh we need a storyboard give it to Alex mm-hmm. um because they didn't actually teach storyboarding at college at all so no I don't think no. I've ever been taught it so even though I have an animation foundation degree mm-hmm. I left with practically zero knowledge of storyboarding um which in my college's defense I don't think is just because I went to a college I, I think I've heard in in universities too that there's just not the scale to teach storyboarding yeah, no, I wasn't taught storyboarding. I did an animation MA and um, mm. it was very much project, project-led. project So you're sort of like getting on with the projects, but, you know, you're sort of making yeah. it up as you go along. You, you're learning by doing, but yeah, we didn't ever cover um, um Certainly not to the point of, of being useful for industry. You know, I yeah. look back at my college work and I've got, I've got some beat boards, maybe if you could call them out, and they're in colour. Mm. <laughs> so not really um not not really prepped me for for the world of work but so after I was at Arcus for about four years um it was great working there and I learned lots and lots but you know you you get to a ceiling point don't you where I was like I'm not making the storyboards that I want to because um Arcus uh were relatively small they they weren't making um uh like long form work, it was all short yeah. form. Yeah. So it was all adverts, a lot, lot of BBC bite size, which was good to learn. Um, lots of BBC bite size, lots of explainer videos, lots of adverts, lots of web stuff. And I was like, I want to make, like, I want to make cartoons. I want, I want to make cartoons and films. 
Um, I'm not going to learn that here. So I started being quite strict with myself and uh, I came up with a, I sort of invented my own um, university course, I guess. I, I, my calendar was crazy back then. I dedicated every spare moment of time I could to uh, leveling myself up. Mm-hmm. So at lunchtime, I would read uh, storyboarding books like on my own outside rather than like sit with my my workmates mm-hmm. um on my commute in I would listen to uh the squiggly podcast and I would listen to um other animation and not just animation like inspirational stuff from uh, like Debbie Millman who's a um a quite famous um brand designer in America and like other people at like that who would just you know give me a a boost to like keep going and then at night time when I would when I would get home at about uh 6.30 or something, by eight o'clock I would get back and study and I I, I used um schoolism and I did Alex Wu's uh Pixar storyboarding class um which was amazing and worth every penny. I've I've never gotten better so quickly. Yeah. Um, I did that for about three months. Um, I also did, uh, I used to listen to Pixar in a Box on my commute in, um, videos, and I, and through the Pixar in a Box thing, um, I think that's Khan Academy, I don't know if that's still around, um, and they would come up with really great prompts for personal projects, and they would walk you through, like, this is how to um, create a prompt for a storyboard, and, and how to, you know, everybody likes Pixar for their story, so I, I figured... I just go there to learn. And um, I created quite a few personal boards um, Mm -hmm. off of the back of all of this and a lot of gesture stuff. Um, And then Alex Wu advised that I started uh, urban sketching, so I did that as well. Um, Again, I'd never heard of that before. So that was was really good. So then at the weekends, you know, I'd spend all my weekend, all my free time, I'd just go and sit in a cafe. Um, yeah. And I'd only find cafes that had good window seats <laughs> um, with my sketchbook. And I just practice drawing people as they went past and doing it quickly and getting the gesture in. And um, yeah, because of all that, I ended up getting um, a test for uh, Ron's Gone Wrong from Locksmith uh, Animation yeah. Studios, the film that's just come out. Um, I didn't get the position, but I to get the test from... To go from like a, a small startup doing BBC Bite Size to getting invited to do a test for a film, I thought was like, I thought, oh, I'm on the right path here. Was that something um, that you applied for or was hmm. it something that sort of came to you? Yes, I was keeping an eye on Locksmith because I they just started and I thought, oh, this, yeah. this studio looks exciting. Like a, another animation film studio in London. You know, there's, there's Ardman. And then I can't think of any others actually apart from them <laughs> making like animated films in in the UK. So I, I was excited for them, and I sent them an email with all my gesture work, and it was a very sweet email, just saying like, "Oh yeah, you'll probably never read this," and oh, you know, I think you guys are great, and if you've got any work, then just keep me in mind. And they they replied, "Yeah, yeah, we do actually," because you've done the work. I think like definitely my intake and I'm sure it happens all the time of like leaving university um, and sort of going out for work everyone gets swept up in 
I've got to like be impressive. I've got to do something impressive. I've got to get people's mm-hmm. attention. And actually what you actually have to do is just put the hours in and put the work in and like build. Yeah. Well, I was, I was kind of self-conscious too, because I don't have a amazing looking Bournemouth quality uh, student film, for example. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I didn't have these things, I had to do a buttload of vocational learning. Um, and uh, yeah, always updating my website. And like, I wonder if there are any things that you notice about storyboarding, like common mistakes that people make or things that you've found, <laughs> you know? I mean, I can tell you common mistakes that I make. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I never feel like I'm in a position enough to, I don't know, maybe I am. I'd, I was having this conversation the other day. When When do you feel, or is it... Is it because we're women? I don't know. But mm. when do you feel comfortable enough to be like, right, I know I know my chops now. Um, everybody listen to me. I know exactly what to do. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this right. I, I'm yet to feel that way. And I'm trying to beat myself out of that because I have been doing this a fair amount of time. And um, I, I see men around me having an awful lot of confidence sometimes who've got well, a lot less exactly. expertise. Yeah, yes. sometimes I just <laughs> pretend I'm in my head. I'm like, if I were a man, what would I think now instead? Like, I'd probably be when, pretty happy with myself. <laughs> when I was with Arcus, we went to do a pitch meeting for a, a BBC Bite Size um, uh, call out, I suppose. And they, they yeah. had everybody go up to Media City. And the board had this, this woman on the board. I wish I could remember her name. She just didn't take any shit she came in she sat down she's like right why should we give this contract to you that that sort of attitude and you know the 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 blokes that were with me, with me like kind of shit themselves a bit <laughs> and um but I was looking at her just like oh, oh god you're great <laughs> and like yeah. I'd wanted to kind of you know I it was interesting to see a, a woman in in a high position of power in animation or in that world have that attitude and, and clearly uh, see the different takes on it. So some people might have seen her as being brash or or something, but I I didn't. I just saw her as as uh, being quite powerful. It was quite yeah quite liberating actually. It's a strange phenomenon, isn't it? Because we get the idea of representation, but you don't really realise how powerful it is until you see you mm. know a woman or, or someone that you identify with in that position and then it it all sort of seems possible it's like oh what why couldn't yeah. why couldn't i just be like that um, yeah so yeah you, you can I've, I've got a fantastic you as well proper. yeah you're going to be you are you are allowed to point things out because um yeah it's it's finding the way to do it where you have the what's the phrase the courage in your own convictions i guess yeah. um i've got a I, I need to stop calling her a mentor because she came to my wedding and she's a good friend of mine. <laughs> she started <laughs> off as a mentor um, called Catherine Sulkeld. And uh, she, I met her when I went to train with Blue Zoo in 2016, back when I still didn't know anything about storyboarding. And I saw this trainee, trainer, traineeship uh, for six weeks in London. Uh, and I jumped on the chance there and, and, uh, She's another person who she knows so much, but um, she, yeah, she she doubts herself sometimes. Um, even though she's she's got you look at her credits and she's she's done everything and everything she does is fantastic. Everyone who you meet who who knows her, 
says what fantastic work she does and and yet sometimes she still says like oh well I'm not sure you know (laughs) it's interesting isn't it a bit of self-doubt I think is always healthy it's good to keep questioning yourself um but then yeah it's acknowledging what if it's you have achieved (laughs) though you have to train yourself the other way yeah uh, so with where you're at at the moment, obviously working for, for Blue Zoo and, and like what's the sort of, is there a regular day for you or is there a regular week? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm an employee. So there is, there is a regular day. So, um, so I've been working remotely for almost coming up probably six years now. I'm five, I keep saying five years, but it's probably six years. Um, Cause storyboards artists, like you absolutely do not need to be in the studio. Yeah, which works very very well for me being in Newcastle. Um, I was born in London, but I live up in Newcastle. And uh, yeah, before uh, the pandemic, actually, Blue Zoo kind of had a reputation for we do not work with remote artists. Mm. Um, And it was very frustrating because it was almost like a blanket, like, no. So for for a couple of years, I was like, oh, I won't I won't bother applying for this and applying for that because they won't let me work yeah. remotely and you know I'm sure this happened to a lot of companies and then then the pandemic happened and everybody changed their minds um, they had to. <laughs> well it doesn't work very well for certain vocations like animation from what I've heard animation is a complete nightmare to do remotely mm-hmm. um, but in terms of storyboarding it's absolutely fine um so yeah just your normal nine to five I'm I'm at work today um, I'm on Pip and Posey series two. Uh, the client is Magic Light Pictures, and series one uh, has just been uh, nominated for a, was it a BAFTA or an Emmy. I can't remember. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Yeah. So it's just just your normal, your normal work day, really. Just a mm-hmm. nine to five. Um, meetings with writers and showrunners and directors and. And then given a an episode to storyboard out and then I'd do it. <laughs> and then what are you your favourite things and... about storyboarding? Like why storyboarding? I, I mean, I know you like it, but because uh and I say this to um uh students too who some sometimes um well a lot of the time actually I've just done a talk and this is still the most prominent thing with students is they don't know what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't know where they should specialize because you can only really be a generalist if you work for a startup. And so I I tell them like rather than think of what you're really good at because that can be hard, think of what you hate. Yeah, <laughs> and it will narrow it down. And I said yeah. so. For example, when I was at college, I despised rigging with a passion. I was crap at it. I couldn't do it. Everything I rigged looked shit so I was like okay why should I go down this path I clearly hate it and I was like well if I hate rigging I probably probably shouldn't be an animator because I'm not really enjoying that either yeah um and and the way that I draw is very quick and messy and sketchy and I've I like the quick sort of freedom of you know to to pick someone quite cliche but but still deservedly so Quentin Blake you know, that energy that you can have in that sort of like, like mm-hmm. it's done um, is has always been much more appealing to me than 
um extreme realism you know like um uh you know like concept art stuff yeah I've got a lot of respect for concept artists because it's something I could never do yeah I don't have the patience um to render something into a into a beautiful mm-hmm. like light filtering off of a surface type I don't have the patience for it I want it done so because of that because I realized that's what I like to do the nature of storyboarding is is that it's it's like be be quick get gestures in um and the yeah expressiveness in minimal strokes Mm -hmm. Uh, do you think so your style naturally plays into storyboarding do you think your style has developed or is it very much your natural way of drawing uh I think a bit of both Mm. um when I was at college I tried to do um realistic faces like Louis van Baal because I think everybody who was on the internet and the deviant art days and um the mid 2000s worshipped Louis van Baal mm-hmm. um and, but what I found was um once you learn to to do those very realistic faces um it it became to me personally other other people again like disclaimer to other people this might be like their passion and joy but to me once I'd figured out how to do those realistic faces I, I got quite bored because I thought oh um there's only so many ways you can draw a realistic face you know yeah <laughs> yeah um whereas if you go towards something that's um more stylized so for example animated movies that chase realism 3d realism I feel never stand the test of time Mm. animated movies that have a style of their own do stand the test of time and people will be talking about them in 10 20 30 years time and it'll still be like oh it's great though isn't it um versus like an animated movie that was like oh wow this is as realistic as we could possibly get it um there's something never... about those as well with animation you get into like the uncanny valley with oh yeah of course the, and, and people actually don't like it's not what they want like that's no. what live action is for and it, it's almost exactly, yeah. why why would we make animation emulate real life we already have real life <laughs> like yeah so i think finding a style is is very difficult but um once i moved away from realism um, I was having a lot more fun and becoming a lot more loose, and especially once I found gesture drawing, because I didn't know what that was. I know Squiggly have already covered the short that you directed, but to talk, to talk about it a bit, because the mm. how it worked was that everyone pitched ideas, right, and then your idea got chosen. Yes, and I was quite surprised. <laughs> As I think was Tom Box, bless him. <laughs> um, oh, really? <laughs> So I'll, I'll paint you a little picture. Yeah. My baby my baby is um uh f- 5 months old at this point. And I'm going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Little little bit of cabin fever, little bit of just like, you know, um breastfeeding every uh every hour. Mm-hmm. Going a little bit nuts. Um just standard new mum stuff. And uh because I'm a workaholic, I suppose. I I kept looking at work emails because why not? And I saw this call out and I was like, well, I'm still on the books, even though I'm on maternity leave. And so I thought, <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to pitch for this. Um, 
And I so I managed to get my daughter down for a nap. And I was like, right, I've got to bloody do this quick because she only ever napped for about 20 minutes back then. And I ran into the other room and I got my phone and I read through the thick, the brief and, and uh, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to do some like super quick research. I'm going to research this. I'm going to research that. I'm going to look up this person. I'm going to look up the charity. I'm going to look up um, Ben at the charity and, and watch one of his talks. I'm going to do this, 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 this. Um, I got an idea and I just turned my phone on and filmed myself pitching an idea. And then that evening I sketched out um, something on my iPad Um I think I finished it off with my daughter in my arm and my other <laughs> hands, like on the sofa, finishing it off. Um, and then I sent it. I remember because the deadline for sending it in was coming up, but then my daughter started crying and screaming. And, you know, the only thing that settled her down back then was going for a walk in the park and it was raining. So I remember I had an umbrella over me like this, pushing a pram with this. And I had my phone and I was sending this like, this is my pitch for this thing coming up, please accept. Okay, bye. You should storyboard this. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> um, and that was fun to do, uh, to to break a little bit of the monotony of, of those very early days of, of maternity leave. And it was fun. And I, and I thought, I'm quite proud of myself. And it is a good idea. And I do like the pitch and I was doing it seriously, but I was also doing it for kind of my own health. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it was very surprising when um, Tom came back and he said, Oh, I, I really want to put your pitch forwards, um, but it's in the wrong format. And it's uh, and you need to do this and you need to do that to it. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. I, I don't really have the time to do this now because now, you know, I have these very small pockets in the day that I can do things. And I said, don't worry about it. It was it was a it was a, a shot in the dark type thing. And he said, no, 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 I'll, I'll help out. So he he actually fixed my pitch for me for the submission. What was wrong he, with the pitch? Oh, it's, it's nothing wrong with the actual pitch itself. It's just, you know, they asked for it in a certain format. Okay, um, yeah. And uploading things and to, I don't know, the more technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he submitted it. And then he came, I got this email coming back. Saying, oh, yeah, the charity really liked yours. So now we have to work out how to how to have you on as a director. <laughs> and you're still on maternity leave. So these things are called kit days, keeping in touch days, um, that I was able to um to work basically um whilst on maternity leave and get paid for for this. Yeah. Um so everything everything was fair and everything made sense. But um but yeah, it was it was, and then all of a sudden, I found myself in uh, in in directors' meetings, which was something I'd never done before, mm-hmm. and um, it was great. It was really really great, and I uh, yeah. Was it I, something you'd wanted to do, or was it mm-hmm. like a total yeah? Yeah, I've I've had my own ideas for um, cartoons that I'd like to to pitch for a few years now, but never really sort of, I don't know never really had the time I suppose to package it all together for a pitch document and then where do I pitch it to who do I send it to etc etc but I'm I'm sure that's not um uncommon I'm sure loads of people that work in animation have a similar story Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was it was really really great to be involved in that level and I'd like to do it again and um yeah I think I did a 
I did a good job. So I'd like to continue doing that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was kind of a little bit spooky working with Tom Box because he's he's like the owner of Blue Zoo. Mm-hmm. So it was. I wonder how he'd how he'd feel about me um, voicing it this way. I guess how I'm how I'm saying it is he's probably forgotten in his day-to-day work life how much of a big deal he is. Yeah. And if you work for Blue Zoo, to just be like having a chat with Tom Box about something together, especially if if we disagreed on something, mm. that was interesting. That was interesting of how much do I push that like no, I, I believe that this is the right answer and how much do I bend that, like, he's the big boss. Yeah. And he also has a lot of experience, so he probably knows what he's talking about as well. Yeah. Um, So I found those dynamics really interesting. And also I learned a lot from him in the way that he uh, conducts himself in these type meetings. Mm. Um, He was always very calm, extremely organised, um, and he had he has this way of getting to the point in a quite firm way, but also in a way that made you really believe that that he was the guy who could get this done properly. Like you really did, did believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of, um, I felt like I learned a lot working with him, but yeah, initially in the early days, it was a bit spooky. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was important to you about that story that you sort of like were pushing for throughout the process? I was very aware that I'm not a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to go above and beyond. And any time that a decision was being made that I felt was too frilly, too girly, and was done with the intention of appealing to girls, I pushed back on it. Because I was constantly thinking, is this something a teenage boy? Because the charity had very specifically said our demographic that we want this to appeal to is teenage boys. That's the whole point of the charity. And that is not to um, n- not to say that teenage girls as a demographic don't matter, but in the case of this charity and what the work that this charity does, yeah. this short had to appeal to teenage boys first and foremost. So yeah. just little things, little things is like, I don't know, making sure that um, the, the, the mates and the the group of friends were, you know, they were able to like laugh at him when he got pushed down a flight of stairs and stuff. Because that's what a bunch of like mates do. I mean, that's, I don't think that's just a a boy or girl thing. You know, that's something that me and my friends would do as well. Somebody at high school would trip up down the stairs. You wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? You know, it's tricky to put those things into like, this is the feminine response. This is the masculine response. But I think you do kind of have to in some ways, because there was a conversation of like, well, is, is this, you know, could that be seen as bullying if they're laughing at him after he falls down the stairs? And I was like, no, remember what it's like when you were at high school, you didn't think you were getting bullied by your friends. If you tripped up and fell on your face, you were like, oh shit, I've fallen down. Like, it's just, it's just... <laughs> so I was constantly thinking like, I'm a teenage boy. I'm a teenage boy. Yeah. Um, stuff like, um, you know, just having them, having them be rude and like the emojis that they're using about like talking about a hit and arse and, and it's, it's all had to be focused around that. Like, Oh, look at her. She's got a great ass type thing and, and not, not 
sugarcoating it um, because that's pointless. Yeah. Um, and it is then again, a difficult age, teenage them. It's not adults, but they're not they're not children. Mm. And, and it is that uncomfortable zone where it's like, yeah, they know what sex is. Yeah. <laughs> there was also some really interesting conversations about the end of the short, which was not just me pushing things. It was for us all trying to get to a um, an ending that made a lot of sense because um, initially we had the the boy and the girl smiling at each other as if everything was was forgiven and everything was fine. That was a bit too. He's got the girl, yeah. Which is not the point. The point of like addressing these sort of behaviours is not to get the girl. It's so you can, you know, just look into yourself and the type of person who you are for yourself. It's got nothing actually to do with with girls. It's to do with like, what, how are you feeling about the way that you're responding to these outside influences? Um, but you know, it had to have some some bit of like, like a happy happy ending, so to speak, um, so that there, you didn't end on like a absolute downer. Um, so that she kind of, when she notices him coming in and she sees him struggling with this armor, and then she kind of just goes, oh, like, what are you like type thing, and the the and then carries on her conversation with her friend. And the way I explain that is, it's like, um, as a girl at school, you get harassed constantly by boys every single day. <laughs> Um, and these boys a lot of the time are your friends and boys who um, perhaps started off as being dickheads can become your friends in high school. This can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can't, it doesn't take very long for two students to be, um, oh, my God, I hate him. How could he do that to me? To that that person in high school has the capacity to 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 change and and develop and grow and you can have those just like oh yeah he was a dickhead to me last year but whatever he's fine now and it's not brushing things off and it's not um saying that these things you know he he shouldn't have done this and he shouldn't have done that but I feel like in high school there is that that little cocoon of learning and forgiveness that is um a lot more wider than than when you're grown adults and these type of behaviours would be like, I'm going to call the police, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that opportunity to become a better person sort of has to be yeah. given then because of the So work. it's not like, a, oh, well, everything's sorted now. Now he's a good person. Um, it's sort of like this is the start of, okay, he's now tomorrow's a new day type thing. Um yeah, I, I really it's like... also a, a case of like she can't be absolutely devastated by this mm-hmm. these things that are happening to her because again it happens to you every day in school. Yeah, and if you spend if every single boy who pinched your ass at school, if that upset you every single day at school, you'd spend your whole time at school being devastated. It just it's just not realistic. I don't think like women and girls would say like well that's not how it was. You just you just kind of have to have to deal unfortunately unfortunately yeah and I I like yeah I like the ending because it does have that like the facial expressions are very subtle and the actions are very subtle and it's sort of yeah yeah no one's really good and no one says oh I forgive you and like there's nothing Mm -hmm. it's just that it's the sense that which yeah you don't want to get it's really difficult in those situations you don't want to get like corny or 
or too too moral it was hard yeah can like do you feel good about yourself really or do you feel a bit easy and grimy and and it wasn't you're not supposed to be finger pointing either because that doesn't help anyone yeah Um, who wants to be told what to do in a in an animated short it's just just about like thinking about or starting starting a thought in your head about oh I recognize that action maybe I've done that myself Mm-hmm. And and that feeling, like at school as well, it's really hard to not give in to peer pressure. Like, yeah, exactly. That's why he's he's not a bad person. These these groups of mates around him, they're not they're not. No one's a bad person in this yeah. show. It's Probably it's a really to think about yourself as an individual. Like who yeah. who, who am I? Yeah, mm. definitely. Everybody can think of something that they did in high school that they're not proud of that they did because everybody around them was egging you on. Or something that you didn't call out, you know. Everybody mm. can think of something like that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it was um, it was it was tricky, but it, those subtle emotions, um, Blue Zoo has always been really good at. Um, interestingly, the the series I'm on at the moment, Pip and Posey, I got the job because um, they said they liked my subtle, uh, character expressions, mm. <laughs> which Pip and Posey. Sometimes annoyingly, um, is 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 a very subtle show. We're not allowed to do big gestures like yeah. "Hi, Pip," "I'm Posy." Like it, everything's very subtle in Pip and Posy. So, yeah, in a similar You're sort of like character. psychologically studying human behaviour all the time. <laughs> yeah it's a bit creepy <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting um well it's interesting because I came off of number blocks number blocks is all hi yeah. I'm number one um, <laughs> so yeah that was that was interesting <laughs> so so what's next for you I'm on Pip and Posey until March yeah and then yeah then the, the storyboarding dance begins again um, as I'm or sure it's with a lot of other acting. Yeah, well, that that would be great if mm-hmm. I see some. I can see some opportunities on the horizon for directing. Um, who I'd have to go up against, I'm not sure I could beat <laughs> right now. Best not to think about that. Best not to think. But about best, <laughs> that's not the right attitude, is it? And it's it's that's not the way to think about things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've always I've always got to. Uh, ideas for like way in the future like that sort of like five five year sort of plan thing but I'd like to do more directing more storyboarding um and uh yeah just just more of the same really it's been amazing talking to you thank you so much I'll just say bye before it kicks me out of this Thanks to Alex Davey and Penny Whitehouse for that wonderful chat and to see more of Alex's work. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Alexandra Davey. Her website is alexdavey.net and Davey is spelled D-A-V-Y. And for more of the wonderful work of Blue Zoo, check out blue-zoo.co.uk. And for all your animation news, reviews, interviews, podcasts and such like, You'll want to follow Squiggly, too. We're on Twitter, at Squiggly, Instagram, at Squiggly Animation, and Facebook.com slash Squiggly Magazine. Our website, where all the magic happens, is Squiggly.com.
If you're watching this episode on YouTube, be sure to smack those like and subscribe buttons. And if you don't want to miss out on any of our delightful podcasts, subscribe to Squiggly's animation podcasts via the platform of your preference. I've been Ben Mitchell, and you've all been wonderful. Until next time, happy animating.